What's going on, Third Street? I am uh, Pastor KT. Hey, Pastor, love you. Love you back. And uh, we are starting a new series called Distracted. Um, this comes from a couple of conversations, essentially. We uh, preached sometime last month about the scripture that says, cast your cares upon him and he will care for you. And that first cares is talking about distractions. And it seems like for uh, me and Corey and Jada and Jordan and Rev and uh, Maquita and Tipra, all the spaces that we're in, we just keep hear, hearing people talk about distractions. Even in our own meetings, we keep hearing the word distracted or distractions being brought up. And I had all these notes on distractions and me and uh, Corey kind of shared them and we came up with this series for the summer. And again, it's called distracted. So the scripture that we're in today is Matthew chapter 21 verses 18 through 22. I'm going to get a a little bit in more into the distracted series before I get into uh, the actual message. But first, I want to read the word. It says early in the morning. As he was returning to the city. He was hungry. He was in between ministry. He was going from one space to another space. And as he was traveling, he was hungry. Um, If you look up that word, it it means that he had a craving. He had a desire, right? Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. I want us to understand that it was not a lone fig tree in the essence that it it was the only tree on the street. It was lone in the way that it looked. And he went up to it because of the way that it looked. Because that it was in bloom. And he found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. This means at one point in time, this tree had fruit. And at once the fig tree withered. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed. And they said, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus answered them, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if I tell, even if you tell this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, It will be done. And if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. I want to share a video with you real quick. So to make this video make some sense. This was uh, this was years ago. My daughter had broke her arm. And. The doctors had just brought her into the room. And they said uh, because they had to put her to sleep, they said she was going to be out for a couple of hours. And they said, well, we don't really know what else to do at this point, but leave her with you. But we'll be back in here and there to check on her. So I took one of my AirPods out and I put it in her ear. I had been playing Carrie Job's blessing over and over again. So what you see is four minutes into the video. Mind you, they said that she would be out for hours. What you see was four minutes into her listening to the blessing, and you can see on her mouth, she's mouthing the words while she's unconscious. 
She's to the point of the song where it says, may his favor go before you and beside you and behind you. He's within you. He is with you. Right before that, before she gets up, it's the part of the song where it says, and a thousand generations and your children and their children and their children and their children. And she's coming out of darkness. She's coming out of unconsciousness, worshiping. Her arm is still broken. It's not healed. The pain is still there. It's not gone, but she's still in worship. I don't know who needs to understand that part of the video, but I got the, the, the understanding that I needed to share this when I talked about distracted. When I talked about a place where we are, where we feel like we're going through something and we're the only ones that are actually feeling we're, or we're feeling like we're going through this alone, let me say. What the scripture says is it says, if you cast your cares, if you, if you get rid of all of the distractions, the things that are holding you back, then he will be able to care for you. And I think that what that makes us think is that God is waiting to care. But that's not the sense that the scripture is actually saying. What it is saying is that God has been taking care of you this whole period of time. And the only way that you're actually going to be able to feel the love, the peace, the joy, the, 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 the presence of God, the strength and the faithfulness that he has for you is if you can actually get rid of the distractions so that you can be in his presence, in his care. So let me rewind. Me and my wife were upstairs. Uh, her family was here from Detroit and all the kids come running upstairs. And they're like, Lauren has broke her arm. Like they, 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 they come straight out with the diagnosis. We pulled the sheet from underneath her and she fell back and she broke her arm. So I sprint down the stairs. I jump probably down like eight or nine steps. And when I get down there, she's hyperventilating and she's going into shock. Her arm is over her head like this, but her arm is like this. Her arm is completely broke. This part of her arm is going back. And she's, she's hyperventilating. She's, 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 she's in shock. So I look over her face. If this was her face and her body's laying this way, I look over her and I, I say, just, just, just concentrate on me. Don't think about the pain. I'm here. Just concentrate on me. So I was able to get her to calm down enough. You know, we called 911, the ambulance comes, and we're in the basement, so they have to bring the gurney and all that type of stuff downstairs, or not a gurney, whatever it's called. It, it, they had to bring that thing downstairs into the basement, and the first thing that they had to do was they had to actually move her arm. They had to put it into an air cast. So as soon as they start touching it, she goes right back into panicking, and I'm able to just get her to understand, like, just focus on me. Just concentrate on me. So they put her in the air cast, but then they have to move her body, and when they go to move her body, Again, she just she just goes back into screaming and I get her to stop. Just concentrate on me. And it was this back and forth. Every time we had to go into a new phase, she went back into the same thought process of pain. Forget the, the forget the Lauren situation. Start thinking about yourself. 
How many times in your life have you been going through something to where you're going back and forth and you're going back and forth between being able to concentrate on the father, but then going back to concentrate on the brokenness? Then your eyes are on God again, but then now you're concentrating on the trauma because the molestation in this moment is bigger than looking at him in his face. The hurt is too strong for you to stay focused on his eyes. The brokenness. So we get to the hospital and they tell us this is where you have to separate from the father. He can't go past this point anymore. So she broke down. The father is the, forget the Lauren part. The father is the only reason I've been able to get this far. How can I go any further without my father? So I got back in front of her and I said, don't worry. They cannot separate us. There's no way in the world that they're going to keep you away from me. So I put on the carry job and I put on the blessing. And they took her in this room and I just walked it. And I kept singing those lyrics over and over and over. Fast forward to her getting out of the surgery, me putting the headphones on her. Her waking up in worship. If you watched it, when the part of the song says, he's within you, her chest rose. If you're a friend with me on Facebook, you can relook at this at another time. This, mind you, this is from years ago, but it's still on my Facebook. If you watch the words of the lyrics of the song, soon as the words of the song would have said, he's within you, you can see her chest rise. He is with you. She got up. Forget Lauren. He's within you. I know you're bound in darkness. I know it hurts so bad that they had to medicate you. They had to put you under because there was no way for them to be able to cure what you're going through while you were upright. You had to go down. But he's within you. He went before you. He's beside you. He's behind you. He is trying to get you to focus on him and get rid of the distractions. The part of the video that you can't see is when she looks to me and she says, you never left. And through all the pain, through the, through the medication, through the, them putting her to sleep, she forgot that I was there. But when she came to, she came to the realization that you never left me. That's why we don't want you to be distracted. I know that was long, but that was just the intro. We're going to talk about three things today. We're going to talk about being distracted from growing. We're going to talk about being distracted from faith, and we're going to be talking about being distracted from moving mountains. First thing I want to talk about is being distracted from growing. Obviously, we're talking about this scripture that is talking about the fig tree that is in this place where Jesus desires, where Jesus craves, and he stops, and he gets off path, and he goes in a specific direction because he sees something that looks like it should be bearing fruit. Now, a tree has to go through a lot to produce fruit. A fruit tree has to do a lot more in season and out of season than a tree that is not supposed to bear fruit. The way that a tree 
pollinates or receives pollination that is not a fruit tree is actually easier for that tree to survive. For those of you that have heard me preach before, I know what you're thinking. There's no way this guy knows this much about trees. A lot of research, a lot of Google. So there's this pollination process with trees that bear fruit. And there's two type of trees that bear fruit. There are self-pollinating trees, and then there's trees that receive pollination from other trees. Let's again stop thinking about trees because this scripture has nothing to do with the tree, but it has everything to do with the believer and the non-believer. And what God was really telling us is that sometimes people stop at a tree because it looks like it's in bloom. It looks like it's supposed to be bearing fruit and the person who's stopping is stopping with a crave and a desire only to come to a tree, I mean a Christian, that looks like it's supposed to be giving something back but instead they're walking up to a tree that's only leafy. You don't want to be a leafy Christian. Again, it wasn't the only tree on the road. It was the tree on the road that looked like it was supposed to be bearing fruit. It was the tree that stood out. That talks a good game, that walks like a Christian, that goes to everything, but the only thing they have to offer is leaves. The leaves only protect the tree. It doesn't actually bless anyone else. Some of us have been self-pollinating ourselves, which is the type of tree that's only going to bear fruit sometimes. And then what ends up happening is it's no longer capable of bearing fruit. It's only capable of blossoming, which is the reason why this tree was blossoming its own leaves, even though it wasn't in season. All the other trees looked like they were supposed to look because it wasn't in season. But this tree looked like a tree that was going to actually give something to the Lord. But the only reason why was because it's been self-pollinating. It hasn't been in the community. It hasn't been doing anything for anyone else. It's only been receiving and giving back to itself. And when you do that, of course, you're going to look good. How many of us have been self-pollinating? We've been giving back to ourselves so much that we always look good. We always look like peace. We look like joy. But in reality, all we have is happiness, and it comes and goes. So when people actually come to us looking for fruit, we have nothing to give them but shade. I came to you because I need something that will bring forth nourishment for my spirit. But the only thing you can keep me from doing is being hot. We've stopped ourselves from growing. Not we've stopped from growing. There's a difference. We've stopped ourselves from producing. Because the only thing we're thinking about is ourselves. What am I going to get out of Monday's study? What am I going to get out of this race conversation? What am I going to get out of Bible 100? What am I going to get out of going to Sunday service? What am I going to get out of huddle? At no point thinking to myself, What can I give by being self-pollination? All shade, no fruit.
Some of us have become like a tree rooted in a place where we're never going to grow. I think there's a reason why he used a tree instead of a human being or something else. Again, this scripture has nothing to do with the tree. That video had nothing to do with Lauren. I'm just trying to paint a picture so that we can come to an understanding in the same way that Jesus was trying to paint a picture. It almost failed. Try to play it off. Some of us are rooted next to a mountain. We don't know how to tell the mountain to move. So we just stay in the state of being a tree next to a mountain. Just imagine being a tree next to a mountain. Whenever the sun goes around this way, you get no sun. Because the mountain's in the way. We're going to get to that. I'm getting above myself. Some trees have stopped the process of producing, and they operate in the process of surviving. We got some James Harden-type trees out here. Whole lot of dribbling. Not a whole lot of passing. That tree that CJ don't want to play with. Because it looks good, but it ain't giving no assist. No assistance. And the assist that it does give is only actually to make itself look good. You know them Russell Westbrook stats? To where you got a triple-double, but you lost. You're just actually building up your own legacy. But you ain't got no championships. And the people who really rock with you can't even celebrate with you because they're really not even on the same team with you. Have you ever recognized how Chris Paul and Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony go to all the finals games for LeBron James, but when LeBron James wins and he celebrates on the court, it's only his teammates that are there to celebrate with him. But Chris Paul, you never see him jumping up and down at half court saying everything is impossible because he's a loser. As close as Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony are to LeBron James, you never see them in celebration with LeBron James because as close as they are, they're still not on his team. How many people are close to you, but when you get to the end of times and you're jumping up and down celebrating, saying holy, holy, holy is the Lord, but the people closest to you aren't going to be able to celebrate with you. Why? Because you haven't put them on your team in the process of you getting to heaven. Self-pollination. Y'all got nicknames for each other. The banana boat crew. But you go on to heaven and they not. Y'all go on vacation together but not heaven together. Y'all got an Airbnb which y'all split the y'all split the Airbnb, but y'all gonna split literally when the heavens split and Jesus Christ comes back. You're going to a completely different place than them, but you love them to death. We're distracted. Distracted from growing. Did Jesus come back and steal my water? I thought my water was right here. This is Rev's. I was going to have to share saliva with Rev for a second. It's real dry up here. Pause. Yeah. Had to get that pause in. 
when he saw the tree from the angle, it looked like something that would be worth having. Jesus went craving and desiring something that he needed to be able to go forward. How many people are looking for that from you? When they see you from an angle and they walk to you looking for some spiritual enhancement. When they see you from an angle and they actually stop going in the direction that they were going in. But go in your direction specifically looking for fruit. Only to find out that you can't help me in my hunger. You can't help me in my desire. You can't help me in my craving. And I've stopped at you, but you stopped on you. And I don't want you to feel bad because you've stopped on you because nobody in this space, in this place, came here with the expectation of stopping. What's happened is life has put you in a position to where you feel like stopping is where you're supposed to be, which brings me to my second point. We have been distracted from even our own faith. Somebody told you that you had a season for your blessing. But the Bible tells me that we are supposed to be ready in season and out of season. So there's no reason for you ever to be in bloom with no fruit. I was counting money with uh, Caleb. Every Caleb story is a comedy. Last night I had to call my mom. I was walking in the house with Caleb. This ain't got nothing to do with sermon. Just want to tell you a joke. I'm walking in the house with Caleb and it's dark. We had just came back from Dio's house. And he said, hey, man, turn on the lights. It's dark in here. I said, what you scared of? He said, the dark. I just told you to turn on the lights. It's dark in here. So I'm counting money with Caleb. And somebody is really blessing this dude. Like He got more pocket change than me. And he's got this piggy bank. And it's got all types of dollars and $5 and $10 bills and $20 bills, quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies, and it's full, right? So the money's on the bed, and he's like, help me count. Caleb doesn't really know what a blessing is. Say that one more time. Caleb doesn't really know what a blessing is, but he knows that he has. So when I start counting... He sees the dollars and the $5 and the $10 and the $20 that are on the bed. But when I get to a point to where I have enough change for him to actually carry, he says, well, how much is that? And I say, well, that's probably like $1.50. So he grabs that change because it's enough for him to walk around with. And he says, I'm rich. And he just leaves what actually is still on the bed on the bed. He's left the large blessing for enough blessing for him to walk with. Some of us have been distracted from being in the presence of the large blessing, which is Christ. And you've taken what your job has given you. You've taken what your, what your peers have given you. You've taken what Facebook has given you, the likes and the comments. You've taken what, what Twitter has given you, the shares and the checkmark, or whatever it is that you get on Twitter when you are actually a popular person. You've taken the small thing that you feel like you can walk around with that makes you rich within, and you've actually left the large blessing, which is God. And you think that you're blessed. But in reality, you're just in bloom. Corey asked me this a couple weeks ago. He said, what's your why? 
And then he followed that up in a meeting and asked everyone that was a leader, what is your why? What's the reason why if you show up to a ministry and only one person show up when you expected 50 that you continue to go anyways? What is the why? Because if the why is you, you're going to stop every single time. And that's what our ministries, that's what, that's what our community, that's what our households have become. Our why has become us, the self-pollinated tree that is not worried about actually spreading seeds to other trees. And what we've allowed for is we've allowed other dead trees to give their pollination to trees that are supposed to be receiving life because we've been pollinating ourselves and then other trees have been spreading death to other trees and then we wonder why we're walking through a street that's only able to give forth shade. Just imagine starving to death and two things are actually killing you. The one thing that's killing you is the sun. And the other thing that's killing you is starvation. What would you rather have? Shade or fruit? We've made the world believe that all they need is shade. But they're starving to death. So then they're willing to eat anything. This is the reason why Facebook has become so popular. This is the reason why you can make a picture like this and everybody's looking at their phone because this is what they're looking for for food. They've been nourished by the likes. They've been nourished by the comments. They've been nourished by what the world will tell them is their season, which means you're going to look beautiful for a certain period of time and then that beauty's going to go away, but don't worry because all you need is $10,000 to go to Brazil and get your booty looking like it never looked before. You don't have to have a season of beauty. You can look beautiful forever. But the Bible says that a lot of people's cup look real good on the outside, but on the inside is nasty and it's dirty. Just imagine if you went to Applebee's today and you looked at the cup and you was like amazing, but on the inside you could see what's floating. Will you drink anyways because the outside of the cup is beautiful? Or are you going to be like, no, I can't drink from this cup. It's obviously things floating on the inside. I know my wife ain't drinking it. She don't drink without a straw, first and foremost. She won't even put her lips on the cup at Applebee's, Rev. It don't matter what the outside of the cup look like. Some of y'all have been wondering why don't nobody want to fool with you. Because you look like the cups at Waffle House. In reality, you're really dirty on the outside and the inside. And you got to ask for a whole nother cup just to clean off the spoon and the fork that they gave you. Self-pollinated trees. The Bible says that we were set free for, sa- for freedom's sake. It's probably one of my favorite scriptures of all time. I got it from listening to Corey. We were set free for freedom's sake. I thought I was set free for me. I thought Jesus set me free because he didn't like to see me in chains. But no, Jesus set me free because he don't want to see him in chains and he knows that he's connected to me and if I get free, I'm going to find a way to get him free. Pollination. 
seeds that don't go right back to the self-pollinated tree, but actually pollinate to another tree so that more people can not only get shade, but fruit as well. Does your faith in God and your capacity match? Does your faith in God and your maturity match? Does your faith in God and your ambition match? Or has your ambition distracted you from your faith? You tell God that this is what you want, but in reality, life has conditioned you to settle for less. Lord, I want a good relationship, but bad relationships won't allow you to have a good relationship. Life, I, God, I want to forgive, but hurt won't allow for you to forgive. The things in your life have actually crippled you to settle for less than what God actually has for you. And your life is starting to distract you from your faith, which is your belief in the things that you cannot see. You're telling God that you want fruit, but in reality, life has conditioned you to want the bloom. So now you don't even look for trees with fruit on them. You're just looking for shade. The thing that that touched me about the tree is that Jesus created all things. And I don't believe Jesus walked up to this tree with the expectation. Again, we're not talking about a tree. We're talking about you. He didn't walk up to this tree with the expectation that you should be able to give me what I need. But there's no connection between you and I. It's only him looking for fruit from you because of the connection that he has with you. Which leads me to my last point, which is we've become distracted from moving mountains. And what we've, what, we've, what we've postured ourselves to doing is we've postured ourselves to walking over things and getting over things instead of moving things. All of the women in here who have children, like they felt that in their spirit. Because everybody in here has a child that's, that, that doesn't actually move things. They just walk over it. My wife is like, forget the child. Talk about yourself. I don't know how many times I've had to say, you didn't see that trash sitting right there by the door? No, I did not see that trash. It's magical trash. We've gotten used to not only walking over things that we've been called to move, but we've been actually, we've been, we've been told to get over things that we've actually been called to move. You were molested, get over it. You've had issues with alcohol, with drugs, 
Get over it. You've done something to someone that you think actually has brought forth a disconnection with that person. Now they won't forgive you, and so it's okay. Forget them. Get over it. What happens when you have a scar and you just get over it? It gets infected. Some of us have been wounded and scarred so many different times in our lives and we have not taken care of the wound or the scar. And then we wonder why we're always in bloom and not in fruit. Because a wound is supposed to be taken care of. And if you take care of it the correct way, what happens is God created your body to cover it. God is waiting for some of us to not get over things, but to take care of the thing that we actually did so that he can cover us like a scab. And when that scab comes, when that when that covering comes, what God is not asking for us to do is just pick at it. What are you supposed to do with a scab? You're supposed to trust it. You're supposed to trust the covering that the covering will take care of itself so that you will be able to just forget about it after you've taken care of it. And now God is taking care of it. And eventually you're going to look at it and be like, oh, I didn't even remember that that, 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 that happened, that that wound occurred. We talked about this earlier. I said, I'll make sure I go back to it and I'm about to wrap up. It's impossible for a tree to be fruitful around a mountain. And in the Bible time, there was a verbiage that was called um, uprooting of the mountain. And what that meant was that there was a difficult thing that needed to be removed. And when a teacher was capable of removing a difficult thing, then that teacher was told that he uprooted a mountain. So what Jesus was saying was, what I did to the tree, you'll be able to do. But if you have faith, you'll be able to actually move the difficult thing, which is the reason why the tree isn't blossoming from bloom to fruit in the first place. There's no way for the fruit, the fig tree to bear fruit next to a mountain. So what has to happen for us is we have to get to a posture to where we become the Christians that are removing difficult things in other people's lives. From a fountain that we've received because God has removed something in our lives. So now I know how to handle your situation because God handled that situation for me. And since I'm not only thinking about myself, I can actually see that you're hurting. I said this before, and I'll say this again, and I'm going to get out your way. If we are the body, the body, if the right hand is hurting, the left hand has to notice. We are in situations to where the right hand is hurting and nothing else in the body is even recognizing it because the rest of the body is self-pollinating. But the natural reaction, if I put my hand under his foot and, he's, and, and, and he steps on it, the first thing I'm going to do is yell out. The first thing I'm going to do is jump up and down. That is the posture that we should have for our brothers and our sisters. We should not only be able to see that they're hurting, but we should be yelling out. We should be reacting. We should be praying. We should be worshiping on their behalf. We should be going deep into their hurt removing their mountain so that they may also be fruitful.
We have to be the ones that are taking away the distractions because in reality, if everybody was capable of just taking care of their own distractions, this wouldn't be a series. Some people in here, for whatever reason, are farther along. I was supposed to say further, wasn't I? It's the farther is the further. Where my Malone people at? Is it further? Walsh is bad. Blasphemer. <laughs> the people who are further along have to be further along. Take care of those who are not able to get rid of the distractions themselves. Everybody in here has been that parent that looked over to their kid and said, you better put that phone away and pay attention. Some of you have made your children stand up and worship during the period of time where Rev looked at you like, you better stand up. And the reason why is because when you're further along than someone else, you help guide them from the things that are distracting them, from the thing that's supposed to be actually taking them into the presence of God. Let's not only do that on Sundays. Let's do that in our workplaces. Let's do that at our schools. Let's do that in our homes. Bless up. <laughs>